Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In Jessica's Corner. So today we are going to talk about emotional evolution. So what am what am I really talking about? What does that mean? Where am I going at with this? So I guess for a second, I just want you to think about like where you are with your emotions. And I know that's pretty difficult for a lot of people to even consider. But just for a moment, just think about the types of relationships that you have, how you respond to people, what you expect from people, how you develop connections with people. Think about all of that combined together to really think about are you happy with how those things are happening right now do you want to make some adjustments is there room for improvement can you enhance your approach with certain things maybe it's time to really consider a new approach Um, effectiveness of the types of tactics that you're using in relation to just ensuring the strength of your emotions and and when I say strength of your emotions, I'm saying you being comfortable with them, you being okay with feeling and just sitting in your feelings, not being uncomfortable about it, really being able to flat footed stand and be okay with how you feel communicate it to someone else. And then on the flip side of that, really be able to step outside of yourself and understand and feel where someone else is coming from. So that's where I'm going at with this today. So first, I just kind of want to talk about myself. So this is a pretty personal topic for me. Um, I am most often the guarded individual. All types of walls have to be torn down in order to truly get to my heart. Quite naturally, you know, family would have already made it to my heart earlier than now. Um, And that's based on the level of attachment or whatever kind of bond we had through my childhood to the present. So that's one thing. But for a complete stranger, I want to apologize right now because I have trust issues. I don't trust people to do the right thing with my feelings. I don't trust people to do what I expect them to do. I actually expect some people to just fail because I don't want to get myself so worked up about expecting things from people them not meeting those expectations and now I'm disappointed. So to avoid disappointment, I expect the worst in everything. I am a contingency plan developer with every aspect of anything with anybody. I might not ever vocalize that process, but I'm at least thinking it in my head. And that is horrible. I need to be a lot more optimistic about my life, about the happenings of my life, about the relationships with other people. I really need to like change that concept. I think it's okay to be prepared for the worst sometimes, but I just feel like relationships or my emotions that are connected to relationships does not need to be one of those things. I'm sure you all would agree. So for me, just from analyzing like, happenings of my childhood and even coming on up into being an adult and being recently married for me I realized that attachment is pretty much the driving force of my emotions the type of bond that I have with you really fuels the type of relationship that 
we can cultivate together. Beyond that, the way that you make me feel in those exchanges fuels my responses. And, and And I feel like that's natural. But I'll give you an example. If I feel like I'm really excited about cultivating a relationship with you and you don't give me that same energy back, I reciprocate what you have then given me versus being strong enough to realize that, number one... You might not intentionally be, you know, avoiding or ignoring my attempts. Um, Maybe that's not the way you communicate your love and care and the bond, the establishment of a bond with someone. And of course, now we're getting into like love languages and things like that. But I have to be mature enough to like understand that. I feel like for a long time, I wasn't mature enough to really get that. And because of that, everything that I did was reactive and really emotionally reactive. Not necessarily one of those things where you say, shut up, I say, shut up back. Or you say, I'm ugly and I say, your mama or something like that. Of course, not in that sense, but just. If I feel like what you've said has hurt me, if I feel like what you have done has hurt me, I will do everything in my power to return the favor. Now, that even forces me to take another step back and look at myself and say, at what point do I consider myself the bigger person? At what point do I realize that it's never about how they treated me, but it's about how I treated them? I can only speak for me. I am held accountable for Jessica. And I need to be okay with the fact that I made the right decision, not the right reactive decision. So I just made sense to myself just now, y'all. So give me a second. So beyond that, Beyond that, in being the bigger person, I've realized that in order for me to truly be the bigger person, I'm really going to have to take an enormous step back and tap into my emotions on a personal level because I have issues with being vulnerable. I don't want to be vulnerable at all because to some degree as a child, and I feel like every black kid in America has probably experienced this, as a child, black children are pretty much taught not to cry and fall out and be dramatic. And so even me defining it as dramatic is also giving it some negative undertone. Um, And I won't say that, you know, I was not allowed to cry. That's not what I'm going to say. I will say that growing up in a single parent household the parent being a black woman, she had to present herself as strong. She had to be resilient. Whatever came her way, she had to figure out how to make it happen every time. Unfortunately, that teaches young black females that we can't fold. We can't bend. We can't let them see us break. We can't let them see us fall apart. 
And honestly, that's like deeply rooted. I do not like to cry in front of people because I feel like it is a sign of weakness. I do not like to be extremely emotional about something in a public setting unless that person really knows me on that level because now I feel like I'm opening up myself too much to someone. I'm giving too much of my internal self to someone or something or a group of people or whatever it is. And I'm not okay with that. However, in order for me to truly get to a point of being the bigger person, I am literally going to have to be okay with just letting it all hang out. Every emotion, every feeling, every thought, whatever it is, I need to let it all out because that's the only way that I can truly be okay with identifying the fact that this really isn't about responding but it's about doing the right thing. And I feel like my moral compass exists. And so I understand what doing the right thing is. But in this aggressively reactive culture that we're in now, I am pushed to a limit to think if this person has said something smart to me, if they've got snappy with me, if they are trying to check me, quote unquote, I will not stand for that. That is completely out of order and I will defend myself. But why do I feel like I need to do that? Because most often if this person even feels like they need to publicly embarrass me in that fashion. Number one, why am I associating myself with them? Number two, time to cut them off truly because we obviously don't have a relationship in the manner that I would expect. And finally... Who are you to say what's right or wrong when the true judge is God himself? So I, I really have to like what I guess beyond that is what they're saying, changing my income, my future. Is it granting me anything positive in my life or is it just the transporter of another negative vibe that I don't need? Right. Okay, so I'm glad y'all understand that. Now, the great thing about all of this is that in establishing my own family, I now have the option to create my own dialogue about emotions and what I think is okay and why I think it's okay or even what I think is important and why I think it's important. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say this. And I feel like there are some people that can probably agree with my experience. I think another reason that emotionally um, I have not been able to grow the way that I need to is because I think sometimes growing up in a black family, you know what's unacceptable um, you even kind of know what kind of questions or comments or statements or behaviors or activities are just simply unacceptable. There is no way around it. If you even mentioned an interest of it, you know, you'd pretty much get shot down as soon as it came out of your mouth. Um, my mother is older, so 
Now we're talking about generational understandings of certain things. And so that was also a limiting factor. But I am grateful for the fact that I did have people in my life that were there for me to talk to them about certain things. And I mean, let's all be honest. Who wants to have the conversation with their mother about like sex and stuff like that? Truth be told, I feel like my mom gave me some blanket statement like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. Now, possibly... Considering the circumstances surrounding you having sex, that could be right and that could be wrong. That's an assumption of a lot of things going on. Um, As a child, I don't think it's fair for your parents to say that to you because they're really not giving you a clear understanding of what can happen to you. I would almost be okay with hearing if you have sex, you get an STD. I might run with that a little bit more than just seeing you get pregnant. That's not fair. But I understand that, you know, when she was raised, she didn't even get the conversation. So she had not been properly educated on how to transfer that information to me. And so that would then lead me into how to fix this, how to emotionally evolve. First things first, for me, I have identified all the things that I do not want for my child that I currently possess. Number one, vulnerability to just cry in public and be extremely emotional about stuff. I want my child, now I don't want my child to be dramatic, but I want my child to cry if something bothers them. I want them to be as in touch with their emotions as humanly possible without there being some type of imbalance, of course. Um, I want them to feel like they can come and talk to me about anything. And I want to be in a position to respond in a way that I don't shut them out or I don't make them feel like what they're doing is out of line. I just want it to be such an open environment where they are just able to express their emotions so freely without judgment or limitations. Now, in me wanting that for them, I also want that for myself and I don't have any limits on that to be quite frank with you. I think personally, I have put those limitations on the manner in which I can express my emotions. And so with this beginning of a new year, I want to be able to release the chains, quote unquote, that are limiting me from really being able to grow and move past being stuck in this box of emotions, understanding that there are a million, trillion, zillion more emotions that I will experience in this lifetime. And I won't ever make it there if I keep myself in the emotions of the eight, nine year old girl that pretty much tried to tap into her emotions but somehow was shut down or shut out or just wasn't given the freedom to just freely do that now of course on the flip side of that and I I pretty much somewhat addressed this in me being a new wife um believe it or not my husband is extremely emotional Um, and so, and also from a touchy feely perspective, if that makes sense. So he always wants hugs and kisses and just to be present in my space. And I'm okay with it most of the time, but that's just not my love language. And so 
here's my thought process. My thought process is it's always easy to love someone when they're physically in your presence, but it's when the both of you are separate, when you truly understand like the love and compassion that someone has for you. And so I'm only saying that to really solidify the fact that my love language is like acts of service. And that makes sense in relation to attachment defining emotion for me because it would then be my experience or my exchange and interactions with individuals that truly allows me to understand the the kind of bond that we have, how you feel about me. And it also assists me in developing my feelings surrounding you, if that makes sense. So honestly, (laughs) honestly, I want to be more emotionally supportive to my husband in the sense that I can give him what he needs and he never feels depleted in relation to, you know, pretty much an outpour of that kind of support to me, even though I may not need it um, in the amount that he may need it just from that particular source, but I still want to be able to give him what he needs or not even what he needs, give him what he wants. I think that's fair. Um, and for me, I'll have to understand, truly understand my own emotions and what's stopping me from just freely doing it or, or what, what is, what is the one thing that's truly limiting the amount or, in my mind, what am I saying? That's enough. And and now I'll go further than that. For me, I am extremely physically emotional with children. And it's because I feel like children need that. I don't feel like adults. Well, let me not say that. I do feel like adults need physical, emotional attention. However, I don't think they need it in excess like children because really for children it's like a validation source and I feel like by the time we're adults maybe we don't need that and that's an assumption and that's not fair because what if what if this person grew up without that and now you all are in a relationship and you are pretty much preventing them from getting the one thing that they probably assumed or expect to get from you because they never got it from any place else. And you're the one person that makes them feel the emotion that would then correlate with them getting all of this extra attention. So I have to be really clear about that. And I have to understand that it's not just a child thing. It's about who I love and who I care about. Um, And I feel like all the people that know me that will listen to this, if you know me on a personal level, you all know that like if we're having a conversation and that's either FaceTime on the phone or text message, you know that I am an emotional creature that way if I care about you. I'm just not one of those people to like flaunt that, if you will. You will know that I care about you. But I just will not like this. It's not necessarily for me to like show off with other people, if that makes sense. And so I guess at this rate, I have to understand that it's OK to show it off because maybe I maybe I think that that's unnecessary. I honestly I'm processing this while I'm talking. So it's almost like I just feel like that's unnecessary and that's not fair to say it's unnecessary because why not? Why not? flaunt the fact that I love you and I care about you and you are special to me and you add value to my life like why not let you know that because that's an emotion 
that you need to feel because I feel it. But, but if I don't communicate it, you might never understand how much I appreciate you. And so that just made sense again. Here we go. Light bulbs are going off left and right. This is a good one. Somehow I have to learn how to combat the strength in being strong. And I I pretty much, you know, danced over this with the whole black single female parent concept. But in me being strong, it avoids strength. Strength ignores vulnerability to me. There is no way that you can be strong and be vulnerable at the same time. But now I'm understanding that there is strength and vulnerability. If you are able to comfortably present yourself as an open book, truly, authentically, organically naked in front of people, there is a level of strength that goes along with that to be that completely honest with someone and open with someone. And whether you're uncomfortable about it, whether you care about it or not, to me, it just takes so much courage to just open up like that. And so I think that's the one thing that I'm learning with this podcast, because for me to sit here and even talk about my feelings and emotions is major for anybody that knows me, of course. But I think that over time, I'll be okay with even having this conversation with someone face to face or recording myself on YouTube, I guess, and having this conversation. But I, I always think that's weird because now I'm just talking to a camera, but whatever. But I guess for me, the podcast is the first step step in me really being able to combat the strength and being strong. It's okay to show vulnerability because it doesn't mean I'm weak. It means that I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable enough to have these conversations about my shortcomings. It means that I'm strong enough to identify my flaws, be comfortable in my flaws, and take the necessary steps to make them better. Eliminate my flaws if necessary or fix them if that's the case or whatever it is that I need to do to get it done I'm willing to do that. And actually, by me discussing these things on this podcast, you all are actually holding me accountable to make it happen. And so that's the other thing that y'all probably don't know, but that's what you're doing. Now, another thing that I need to do is develop a level of compassion that increases my desire to both care And understand people's perspective and experience. This is major from an emotional perspective because if you and I are having a disagreement, if I feel like I'm right, I could care less about your explanation, where you're coming from, how you feel, how you got to that feeling, what you think the resolution could be. At this point, if you have made me feel like what I have done is wrong and there is no way that you are even trying to hear me out, I am completely done with you. So for me, that is shutdown mode. That is like metal wall barriers that probably will never come down. I never want to feel like I have done something and you have identified it as wrong and there is no way to step outside of yourself and think about it. And now I struggle with that because if I think I'm right, I'm not trying to hear anything that you have to say in relation to me being wrong. I will argue with you. Now, 
the problem with that is I think in relationships with people in general, it's important for you to identify your fault. And that's what I normally won't do if you have already told me that I'm wrong and I feel like I need to defend myself. I am very like defensive. And of course, that's a protection mechanism or like a way for me to always prevent myself from being hurt, prevent myself from looking weak, prevent myself from being a target to be identified as wrong. And I think that's the other thing. I think I'm, I'm not necessarily afraid to be wrong, but I never want to be wrong. And I think as an adult, I understand that being wrong is okay because what ends up happening when you are wrong, once the wrong is identified and you can clearly see that you were wrong, You start to look at other things that you do differently. You start to think before you do things. And that's the, that's another way that I can just avoid being so reactive because now I can be proactive because I've actually sat down and thought about how this can go, thought about how I can respond, thought about how I make the other person feel. And I think that's the thing. That's what I'm getting at here. I never care about how you feel. And that's like selfish of me to say, but if I am at odds with you, I don't care how you feel, feel however you want. I could care less about it. It means nothing to me. It changes nothing for me. Keep your feelings over there. That is selfish. That's not fair. And that's honestly something that I need to work on. I need to care about how you feel because if, if we're friends If we truly have a solid relationship, there is no way for me to say that I care about you and not care about how you feel in the face of a disagreement. That doesn't work like that. And I think for me, that is probably the (laughs) major contributing factor to the fact that I easily cut people off. I just feel like, I feel like family have disagreements. You know what I mean? But like for them to get really heated and then people to start identifying shortcomings in the other person or just to start pulling out all of these issues and problems that might be, you know, they they might be deeply rooted in something from 10 years ago. I don't know. I don't I'm just pulling this out of a hat. But once it starts to get ugly and the only thing that each party is doing is defending themselves to me at that point. It's time to cut all ties. Now, that's reactive. And honestly, I don't want to be so reactive in 2019 because my cutoff game is so strong. If I feel like in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you are coming for me, consider yourself cut off. I have no time for that. Um... 2018 has brought me a lot of positivity and a lot of love and support from people that were always there. And to me, a lot of the relationships of people that I've always had in my corner have gotten so strong in these last 12 months that I could not, I could not even bother myself with the fact that a friend, an associate, or whomever else has come to stir up some confusion. I could care less about that. And so that's an issue too, though, because if I have identified you as someone that I care about even slightly, 
I need to be able to disagree with you. And as an adult, I need to be able to disagree with you, respect your perspective, and at least come to some common ground. Now, I don't have to agree, I guess, with your perspective, but I have to respect it. That, to me, that's just being a mature adult. And that's not fair for me to just always say, I don't care. (sighs) Now, here's going to be, this right here is going to be the hardest thing for me. (laughs) I need to decrease the control freak in me. I am a control freak. Okay, I want to have control. It is hard for me to release control to other people that don't operate like me. When I am completing a task or considering something that I need to do, I think about all of the contributing factors, internal and external. I'm thinking about the time frame that's best to get it done. I know that most often when I need something done, this being done will then ensure that this next step gets done and so on and so forth. And so for me to have to fully release all of that to someone else when I know what I want and I just have to trust them to make it happen, I struggle with that. My wedding would be a prime example of that. I was very stressed out in planning my wedding. Now, I had people that were helping me that were amazing, and I really feel like I was only stressing out because I knew that the day of my wedding, the only thing that I could be was a bride. Thankfully, I was surrounded by a lot of people that made sure that that day went smoothly, but I still had no control. I don't like releasing control to someone, and I think for me, it's just a matter of, it's also an identification of weakness again, because why can't I handle it myself that I have to give it to someone else? That's the first thing. And beyond that, I think control for me, control for me is strength. I And I guess I just indirectly said that, but watching my mother have control of our household Watching my mother take control of my life in relation to adopting me. Um, and even just controlling the dialogue about my life, controlling the dialogue about my circumstances, controlling the dialogue about my future. Control really just equates to some level of success for me. And I think that's why I have such a hard time releasing it to someone else and being okay with you now having some level of an input on my level of success. I have issues with that. <laughs> I have major issues with that. Um, and, and honestly, the biggest example of the necessity for me to decrease the control freak in me, quite naturally, as a wife, there are things that I need to let my husband do. I need to let my husband be the man. I remember being in college and I remember him making a statement. I don't understand why you just won't let me be the man in this relationship or something to that effect. And I pretty much got annoyed with him because it was almost one of those things, as I've already stated, being raised by a single black female, you are extremely independent. I was taught that I don't need a man for anything. And because I was taught that 
It puts you in a situation where you don't wait for someone to do something, you do it yourself. Or if you ask someone to do it, if it's not done like instantly, you pretty much just mentally decide, okay, well, I'll get this done. And this is not to bash my husband at all, but this is just a matter of just, if I ask my child one time, initially before like, you know, arguing and all of that, I'll just do it myself. Or even if I ask a coworker, or if I ask my friend or whoever I'm asking at that rate, just, okay, well, I'll do it myself. And it's pretty much one of those things. I can get it done. I'm strong enough to make anything around here happen. And for me, I don't look at it as me not letting him be the man. I just look at it as me being self-sufficient. But I have to step outside myself and understand his perspective of what that looks like. I'm not giving him the opportunity to be what he is in my life. And as a wife, I have to understand that, you know, scripture speaks to the fact that I need to submit to him to some degree. And... At this rate, I'm not doing that if if he makes a statement like that or if I'm so hesitant about re- releasing that control or that power to him or that task or that responsibility or whatever, but I have to I have to let him be what he is to me in my strength if that makes sense. So the intention of this discussion today was really to inspire you and motivate you to complete an emotional wellness check. Where are you with your emotions? How has the state of your emotions impacted your daily exchanges with family, friends, strangers, associates, whomever, and like, co-workers most importantly because you see them every day like how has it how has it affected all of those different relationships beyond that how has the state of your emotions affected the way you support yourself you know think about when you're going through something that's tough how do you coach yourself through that um when you feel yourself breaking do you allow yourself the chance to just fall apart or do you continue to convince yourself that you're strong and you you have it there is no need for that what kind of emotional support do you desire from other people and so if you desire that kind of support is that the the same kind of support that you're giving to those people i think This particular discussion, I learned so much about myself by actually just chatting with you all just now. Um, I want you all to like write it down or not even that. Maybe just have a conversation with someone so that they can start to pick your brain and ask you questions and really open your eyes to the fact that I have work to do. And I really think that's that's what this entire discussion was about. We all have flaws. We all fall short. We all have room for improvement and growth. And I think the first step in making that happen is identifying the shortcomings themselves and even identifying solutions. Now, I've called out all of these solutions or all of these ways that I can make this better for me. The fact of the matter is enacting all of them is is really the challenge here. 
Now, I'm going to challenge myself to make all of these things happen before the close of 2019. And I hope that you all can jump on board and do the same thing so that we all can grow together. Because I don't, I don't want to ever feel like I'm on this journey by myself. I want you all to understand that every conversation that I have with you is truly an indication of the fact that I want you all to join me on this next challenge. I want you all to feel inspired to start to do the same kinds of things in your life. I want you to make changes. I want you I want you to grow as much as I am. I don't want to do this by myself. I would never withhold powerful information that I can share to make someone else better. So I hope that this has truly inspired you. I hope that all my expectations for this particular episode were met. And I can't wait to chat with you guys next time. Bye.